That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It is Freighter. That's right. Tonight is Tuesday night. We are back. Uh, this is, of course, Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss NM and your source for the latest news and notes on the Mexico United and the New Mexico Runners. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Thank you for joining us as we do each and every week across our social media channels, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. We appreciate you being here. And uh, joining me tonight, as always, we have Jacob Terrell, Earl Nieto. Guys, I just have one thing to say real quick. Absolutely. Kevon Freighter is back. The big news of the week. And, uh, and what I dubbed as the second worst kept secret ever in New Mexico United history. I would argue that it was worse kept than Ratty, but to me, it's Ratty leaked like a week early. It and did, then... it did, but it was it was like on Google, which kind of made it official. But it was from websites that were like, "What are these websites?" Yeah, and it just. But with Freighter, it was like, "Oh, it's Freighter." Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kevin obviously was at the game Saturday night. Several people have seen him, and I'm sure if you haven't listened to the full audio recording of his reintroduction press conference from yesterday uh apparently some folks have seen him in and around town and, and at the game saturday night earl saw him uh saturday night sombrero man saw him speaking of which where is sombrero man was he going to join us tonight i completely forgot to reach out to him okay uh since the game on saturday or wednesday wednesday saturday uh, i wasn't at the one saturday oh that's so right yeah because we talked wednesday. to him on wednesday so sombrero man if you pop into the chat let us know. We'll shoot you a link. Uh, I'll get you on the show tonight. Um, but yeah, so Earl and Sombrero Man saw him Saturday night, obviously. Uh, I saw him sitting up in one of the suites with the guys who were not dressed for the evening. And so, uh, I mean, we're just gonna, let's just jump right into it. I mean, obviously, New Mexico United announced um, yesterday after the Pete leak, saying a familiar face is coming back, that Kevon Freighter has signed through the end of the year. And... It's super exciting, Jacob. I'm sure you listened, went back and listened to the press conference. Yes, mm-hmm. okay. Um, you've been on some of the others, Earl. I think this might have been the first one you've sat in. It, it surprised the hell out of me when I saw Earl with a tie <laughs> and a background <laughs> asking a question. I was like, Whoa, whoa, I didn't realize Earl was there. Holy cow, it's surprising looking everybody all, looking Earl all professional up. and everything. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, yeah. Earl, uh, Earl acquitted himself well during the press conference yesterday. Uh, also on the press conference, we had uh, Ron Burke from KOAT, Chris Walker from Seek and Strike. We had Ken Sickinger from the Albuquerque Journal. And someone from uh, KOAT was on there as well, but they didn't pop in or turn their video on. So, um, But yeah, Kevon popped in, had a, had a nice chat with everybody. And I got to say, of all the press conferences that we've been in on as far as these player introductions – um, and this is the first time we've released the full audio from one of these. I, I reached out to David to, just to make sure because there was something that Kavan said that he was kind of like, you know, saying hush hush about. Yeah, you know, but David said everything was good. Went ahead and threw that out there. This is the most excited I've seen a player in one of these press conferences. And I think that's a fantastic thing to see. Um, Earl, since you were in the press conference and Jacob wasn't, um, Earl, what did you? What was your takeaway from this press conference with Kevon? The fuck, Seth? You don't do that when I'm on there and Earl's not. You're like, hey, Jacob. <laughs> since Earl wasn't there, well, like no, you said, Earl, Earl surprised everybody. This is true. Yeah. Go ahead, Earl. Answer the question. What was the question again? Ah, I knew that was coming. There you go. <laughs> what was your takeaway from this uh, press conference with Kevon? I liked his. I mean, 
his mentality of just wanting to always be back and never wanting to leave in the first place, pretty much making New Mexico his home. Um, I thought it was great. Uh, was I excited to hear about a sixth striker coming back to the club? No. Um, what? <laughs> but am I happy as Kavan, who has proven himself within New Mexico before? Yeah. Um, so I, I was kind of happy. It was it was enjoyable for sure with his energy and all over the place, not really keeping a full sentence together. Um, but it was really fun to listen. That's for sure. Yeah, Kev came in. Kev is you know he's always been one of those guys that's been full of energy, uh, a spark up top, and you know sitting in this press conference like he, and you talked about he never wanted to leave. And that's something that you know because the question was asked, you know, how did this get started? What was the timeline on giving getting Kev back? And he he relayed that he had been talking to Zach since like January, and he'd been talking to Troy ever since 2020, trying to find you know an opportunity to come back, and it didn't work out until until now, unfortunately. And and there are some folks, obviously, you know, Kev was the was the name, the biggest name that was rumored uh, around this signing, and it came true. Uh, looking at Kevon and you know he what he brings to the club and. You know, some people over on Reddit were, were saying that we're going to start running with eight forwards every match. We'll do, you know, the one one eight formation or something along those lines, you know. Um, Deal. <laughs> Deal? Okay. Um, I mean, Jacob, with with Kevon coming back, obviously we already had a wealth of players that can play in that forward position. What does Kevon bring that maybe some of these other guys don't? Or how do you think this affects that, that starting 11, that, the, the roster? Uh, I think you you've said the word already several times and that's energy um he just he has this way about him and it's like you mentioned the press conference and how it was the most excited you had seen a player i, th- I think that's more kev's personality coming through than i, I i'm not <clears throat> you might have meant it this way but i'm not i'm not saying that somos Moss means it this way that he was more excited than nico or romario or, or any of those other guys to come in he just shows it in a completely different way. Nico seems yeah. way more reserved and and kind of even keel. And, and Kevon's Kevon. I mean, king master of yellow cards in year one. Um, the celebrations. Uh, it's brighter. These these moments here. Uh, <laughs> the energy for for Kevon is just it's just different. Um, it's different than what any of our other guys bring. It's. It's different than Amondo, uh, who's probably the you think of as energy. Uh, Kevon's just he's he just brings a different kind of energy that that uh, I think is is could be one of the things that we're missing right now in the attack and and to have that that pace and that dribbling ability that I mean Preston has it. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what I don't you're know doing what right you're now. doing. I'd, I'd very confused. Oh, there's a comment. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> I, oh, I'm on, I'm on this page. So I, I didn't, I didn't see that. Uh, <laughs> it's not old. This is this year's Harry. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's not anyways. Um, yeah. He just, he brings just a, uh, a completely different energy up top that I think will jump off the page and and the thing about energy, like like I love Nico to death. Nico is very clinical and very even keel. And 
that's contagious as well. But sometimes if you're not normally an even keel person and you <laughs> Earl in a t-shirt. <laughs> Earl has a torn rotator cuff. Okay, let's let's go slightly easy on Earl tonight. With with Kevon in there though, he, the others can feed off of that energy and build off that energy, and that's something that the forwards up top aren't necessarily giving off for others to feed off of right now. And I, I think that's contagious, and I think it it could lead to to a lot of good things happening in the attack. You're which, actually you were actually which, sorry. Go ahead. Small disclaimer. Uh, it was an up and down week. And by up and down, I mean it was down. And then the freighter news kind of uh, made us try to forget uh, about the two matches that happened. So for the rest of this episode, uh, I don't know what it's going to be like because we are riding the freighter train right now. But um, I have a double margarita here. And um, I'm a little depressed about the actual matches. So. <laughs> It could be a roller coaster uh, of, a, of an episode tonight. Harry, glad you're here. Yes, sir. Absolutely. We are straight into the business this evening. Uh, obviously, the big news of Kevon Freighter getting signed back yesterday. And by the way, by the way, <laughs> we have a soundboard now that's built into StreamYard. Earl does not have it's access Brian to this. <laughs> he doesn't? No. You don't have access, Earl? No, because oh, he doesn't. It. I'll play it twice as much then. There you go. Just for you, buddy. Earl, I, I'll tell you what, Earl, I'll make you a deal. If you if you have some sounds that you want us to play, send them on over. We'll throw them into the soundboard. Okay. I thought you were about to make a deal to give him access to it. And I was like, no. <laughs> well, no. I can't unless I can't. It only allows me to do one person. So he has his own soundboard and that is his phone that he puts on his mic to play. Yeah. Listen, there we go. did you know? <laughs> and then we all roll our eyes. Yes. Yeah. Um, I hate your takes. I hate your I hate your takes. I really do. <laughs> I feel like they're trash. I feel like something's coming. Waiting for it. Waiting for it. Hovering on the mute mic. Hovering on the mute mic. Nothing's um, coming. But uh, you're okay. you're absolutely right. You know, it's not that the guy, the other guys that came in weren't excited. It's just like, Kevon expressed it more through through the way he spoke, through the way he acted in, in the press conference, and so I, he he also said he never left multiple yeah. times. He said he never left. Yeah, so even basically. in Israel and where was the other place? India. 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 Oh, I, I don't know why I couldn't think of that. Uh, he still followed us and, and watched everything. He knew he mentioned some moments, uh, mm -hmm. not necessarily specifically, but kind of sort of specifically uh, from matches before on this season and, and stuff like that. So uh, he definitely was in tune with what was going on even while he was going. Yeah. He's a guy that really has stuck by and talking to him, like hearing that he never wanted to leave, that he was trying to find ways and opportunities to come back. Like I think that shows a lot. And he talked about it, about the culture and what the club represents and how close knit this group is. And so um, it really sounded like he, it, he made it sound like he, he never, he said he never really left. Like in walking out of the pitch uh, for training last week with these guys that he's known for years you know, he, he knows Romario, he knows Nico, he knows, you know, obviously Dev and, and Bees and these guys that have been here for years. Um, and then just to, to express the the excitement he had to play with guys like Justin and Christian Nava and saying that he was learning things from Christian. Like that to me just kind of blew my mind that he's coming in with this this mindset to even learn from, you know, the rookies on the, on the team. You know? I mean, the guy has a Zia symbol tattoo on his arm 
and he's he's from about as far away from here as as you can get and still be in the western hemisphere um so you know he <laughs> he has to have a special place in his heart for this place and and to hear the excitement that he talked about and and what he's looking forward to and and uh whether he wants to get 20 wins this year or not um just <laughs> it's it's great it's great to uh <laughs> It's great to have him back. That's a, that's a shout right there. If you didn't, was that? I think that was uh was that just, Wednesday night? Just move on. Just move on. Okay. It was it was um, an inside joke that you tried to make outside, <laughs> and it needs to stay inside. Earl's yeah. even confused right now. That no, you're right. That is absolutely uh, inside. So, um, but yeah, Kavan coming in obviously presents some interesting dilemma for New Mexico United, uh, including so the USL Championship website does still have. Uh, Ilya Illich listed as on our roster right now. Uh, Christian Nava is listed as a forward. Mario, Jerome, Dev, Nico, and, and now Kevon. And we've also seen Bees step up. We've seen Sergio step up and play in those forward roles as well. But I think what this does for us legitimately, this is a question I want to, I want you guys to chime in on as well. Six forwards, basically, because I see Christian as more of a midfielder and attacking mid. Um, Someone who has the ability to play off the wing. Um, same with uh, you know Bees and Sergio and Amando too. You know those those guys are all to me true midfielders. Now they can step in and play in that forward role. But for me, looking at this, and there were some questions and comments over on Reddit about this, um, about how if there were there was one question in particular about if this shows a lack of faith in Romario. And so I said, you know, no, this is, they're completely different styles of players. And we've had this conversation. Romario is basically dev, but younger. And I think to me has a higher ceiling, but Kevon coming in, I think what that does is that allows guys like Christian and Sergio and bees and Amando to drop back and play more of that cam or that center mid or that wide mid role and be more in a more natural position for them and be creators and guys who are going to drive the play forward. And you, that gives you Kev, Nico, Dev, Jerome, or Mario up top. And you get a, a number of different looks with those guys. And I think it gives an opportunity to spell Nico as well. Um, that's where I see this. Um, what Earl, let's start with you. What do you think it is about Kevon that's going to change this roster and change what Zach throws out there every week? Just the way he plays. I mean, going back to year one, he was. And I hate to. I hate to say it this way. No, I don't. No, I don't. I'll. I'll actually watch what I say. Okay. Wow. Um, hmm. Wait, wait. Suit and tie, press conference, and watching what you say on the pod. Holy crap! <laughs> Are you sure you didn't hit your head yeah. too, and not just your shoulder? Well, I'm pretty sure I hit my head too. Okay. That um, makes sense. So those of you, sense. those of you listening. Um, Earl did. Earl had a to... Earl had a near death experience, and so he's reevaluating his life choices. Yeah, yeah. Um, so all all life short... choices, all life's life choices except for what to wear on the podcast. He's still t shirt. Hey, it's black and yellow t shirt though. It is. It is. I'm. I can't see it for sure, but I feel is that like a it might. Strong? I, I feel like it might be a Lance Armstrong one, which is uh, um, slightly, <laughs> slightly questionable, but uh, I digress. We move on. Anyways, so like I was saying to everyone listening, um, Earl did happen to tear his rotator cuff over the weekend, um, putting him on the on the sidelines of doing mechanic work and regular house duties for six to eight weeks. I think he did it on purpose, uh, guys. 
Okay. I think he kicked the stand out from the car on purpose just so he wouldn't have to do any more mechanicing. Because I, I I would consider that if I had to do as much mechanicing <laughs> as, as Earl has had to do. <laughs> Anyways, carried on. Um, so the question that you had was what is different between Kavan and everyone else? Sure. Uh, is that what you're asking? Something like that. I mean, basically, what what sort of changes he forces by bringing him back into the club? Oh, okay. Um, so really, it forces a more high paced game. So I don't see any more of this back and forth, back and forth, um, just taking time off the clock type gameplay that we've been playing before. Um, and it's more of a more of a fast paced Kavan trying to score or get the ball to somebody who can, who can score. Um, so yeah, it's just, and really it's just his mentality. I mean, year one, we go back to it. He was very outspoken, mm-hmm. um, especially on the pitch. I don't know what the fuck Jacob was doing. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping one of his kids made that and not him. <laughs> for, for sure. For sure. <laughs> So I'm pretty sure that myself and Jacob have switched roles. No, I would need he's a t-shirt into for a, that. He's turned into a kid ever since he uh ever since he got a soundboard. Like that one. <laughs> I actually remember that match to be honest. Everybody does. Yeah. That was the one that he pulled out the proverbial yellow card when he scored it. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. it was on the north end. Mm-hmm. He scores and he runs and pulls out his yellow card and then does his slide like halfway down the pitch. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one pretty well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's where I'm at. He just he brings a different play style to where it brings energy to the pitch instead of lackluster passes and and whatnot. Jacob, for you, what does this do for guys like Bees and Sergio and Amando? Do you think this puts them in more of a, a natural position? Do you think it opens up what they can do a little bit more? Yeah, I, I think anytime you get somebody that dangerous up top um, and he stretches, I feel like he stretches the feet. What was that sound? What are you eating? Rocks? Oh, okay. Close. <laughs> He he stretches the field more than than some of our other forwards do. I think with his pace and and that threat of of making that dangerous run in behind and that frees up space in the midfield for for guys like Amando and and Weehan, um, to do some some really good stuff through there and and I hoped that <clears throat> is something that they are working on and and hoping for because I think it's something that we desperately need. I didn't say Rivas's name because I'm. Wondering if Rebus isn't going to be out for a while, and this is not a like-for-like like kind of replacement, but um, maybe it's a, well, we'll put him up top, and then that will allow us to play Itaka on the wing. Um, we hand more in behind as a 10, uh, things like that. And and so, uh, but I, I think, one, it gives us great depth for, 
a run of matches that we're going to be having in October for sure. And um, it gives coach probably he, Freder was asked about a uh, about kind of a log jam up top. And, and uh, he said, that's coach's problem. Uh, he's here to just make it a, a problem for coach. And, and he just wants to contribute and, and do what he can to help the team. And so uh, I think, I think coach is going to have a very hard time um, figuring out who to play every night or every match and, and who to sit and who, who maybe even to leave off the other. There's, there's a realistic shot that we see in 18 that doesn't even have Nico on it or Romario on it or Kevon on it or Amondo on it. I mean, it's the, we're just loaded up top right now, uh, which I thought we were already pretty loaded, but we weren't scoring. So you got to do something and um, you get a chance to bring back, bring back a, I don't know if I'd say he was a fan favorite. I feel like he was kind of polarizing uh, in year one. He was very productive, but he also, had the yellow card antics and the kind of brashness that I think rubbed some fans the wrong way. But um, you still get to bring back a legend from year one, which everybody obviously was excited about, uh, judging by the reaction on social media and whatnot. And so I, I think you, you get a chance to do that. You do it nine out of ten times, uh, with the tenth time maybe being for Santi. Um, shots at Santi, just a little bit. But um, I, I think... I think it helps, and and I, I, I'm not sure if you're ready to segue, but I'm gonna set you up for a segue if you are. Um, I think after this weekend and Wednesday, we kind of proved that we needed somebody else up top. Yeah, we do. Between the issues we had last week and with the injuries, um, adding a new another body up top is certainly a, a positive for us. I feel like a player in the midfield would have helped a little bit better, especially with the issues we have there. Earl, you were able to get updates um, on a couple different players over the weekend. Um, can you share those with us? Like the status of uh, Sergio and Christian Nava? Um, so actually I do not know if I can share those because it did come from a inside source. Um, don't just don't say who it is. So, a source within what the I, club. <laughs> a source that I've talked to over the weekend um, has told me, so a little birdie that sits on my good shoulder, not my bad one, but my good it's one. Carlos. It's Carlos, wasn't it? I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, God. I hope it wasn't Carlos. I, I, was, I was just fucking around. It actually isn't. It actually isn't. Um, Sombrero Man is not my mole. And he's um, also not technically with the club. So Yeah, that too. Um, so no, so just from what I've heard over the weekend is that Sergio has an Achilles sprain and that he should be healing up sometime soon, hopefully. Um, but that's just rumor and depends on how long it takes him, depends how bad the sprain actually was. And that Nava's absence is non-sports related, so... Uh, yeah, Earl, Earl did a fantastic job talking to some folks over the weekend and getting some information for us. And, and so, I, yeah, Earl has like this injury to Earl has changed him. He is now turning into a professional reporter, which is incredible. Um, what 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 we're what the doctors haven't found is that not only did it crush his shoulder, but it absolutely shattered his soul. And so now he is turning into a slow soulless journalist. 
that will no longer smile or uh, react to goals or wins. Or this is not uh, true. So <laughs> you 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 shut your your freaking mouth there. Um. So on Saturday night, we'll we'll go to that part real quick. <clears throat> I actually yeah, had to walk a. I actually had to walk away from our end of the sideline or our end of the goal, where we hang out with the away keeper. Um, because I was probably moments away from losing my press credential along with a certain photographer that shoots pictures and photos for the club. So he walked away and then I walked away because I was probably going to lose my credential. Yeah. You were telling me that you had that the, uh, the opposing keeper was, uh, kind of mouthy. Yeah. He's captain Jack Sparrow. Um, don't don't you disrespect Captain Jack Sparrow that way. <laughs> Anyways, um, he's Captain Jack Sparrow's knockoff uh, stunt double who actually didn't make it into the movie. Okay. That makes you feel better. Um, A little bit, I guess. No, he's... he's um, I don't know how to word this one without getting fired tonight. <laughs> I don't think you have fired for talking He's a about the other team's keeper. What would douche fit? How about douche bag? Douche canoe. Douche de bag. <laughs> keep going. Asshole. <laughs> you keep going. Fucking asshole. There you are. There you are. Okay. Um, no, he's just a fucking idiot is all he really is. Um, <laughs> why did we just play this game if you were just going to come out and say it anyways? Because why not? Um, the way he was just acting at the end of the game where he picked up a supposed injury, but then he's talking to his medical trainer, asking her how much time he shaved off the clock. Uh, none, because he gets added back on. Yeah, so it was like, well, how much time have I shaved off? How much time have I shaved off now? Um, and then he gets up and he's perfectly fine. So I was pretty pissed about that because he decided to cuss out the ref, cussed out, uh, cussed out Suggs, and then just played the stupid game. So I guess gamesmanship to him. Um, and then he decided to tell me and a certain photographer to fuck off. So, so I, I feel like there's got to be some context there. Uh, what did lovely. you, what did you say to him? Nothing. No, you probably didn't actually. He was probably mad <laughs> at the little, nothing. at the peanut gallery that sits in the corner there that always gives the opposing yeah, keeper. They, they he were heckling him very, pretty he was fucking probably hard. Very mad at them. He was probably very mad at them, and he couldn't reach them with his voice, so he told you guys to fuck off instead. Yeah, so we got told to fuck off, which is cool. Um, at least it was at by an opposing. Point, at least it was by an opposing goalkeeper and not a fan of the club you cover. This is true. I was flashback there with you. To, I know. I know. That's the point. That's flashback, what he was hinting at. Flashback to the yellow suits. Yeah, the yellow, yellow douchebags. Yeah, and then there was a point where the he had a free kick. Um, so the ball manager, who God rest their little souls, um, rolled it behind him. Well, he was walking away, so he rolled it that way. Um, he's yelling at the kid to fucking give him the fucking ball. Hurry the fuck up. And just going off on the kid. I was like, dude, there's a ball right behind you. And he turned around. I was like, hey, now you got two in your hand. 
probably the that's first time that's ever away. happened. <laughs> um, yeah, so kind of buried the lead a little bit. Saturday night, New Mexico United did fall to the Miami FC by a final score. Do we have to three nil? We do have to talk about it. Um, this was a this was honestly like again. This is one of those matches where we played well for the first half. Things looked really promising. Couldn't put anything past that keeper, and then in the second half, we get bit by mistakes. Um, <clears throat> and it's just I don't know. Like you, sw- that we just we switched off for like 15 minutes to start, and then Kalen had a poor, really poor pass at the back, and every single goal came off of a mistake that we made in our own half. And and looking at some of the reactions around the league, some of the some of the people that, you know, like, like John Morrissey who go and review the matches and take things away. Like he said that Miami basically ran us over. I'm like, no, they really didn't because I don't don't know why you don't like this guy. I have no problem with him. Like I love what he does, but you've bashed him two weeks in a row now. Well, yes, but I I also feel like, but I feel like his breakdown of this match on Saturday is completely wrong. Like Miami didn't dictate anything. Miami didn't control the match. Miami didn't, you know, he talked about one particular player who like, he said like ran all over on the right hand side. He really didn't. Miami capitalized on mistakes that we made in our own defensive half. And so I think John's understand. I think John's breakdown of this match is flawed. That That's all that is. Um, but yeah, I mean, what, what is happening? Why do we keep doing this? What, why did we make so many mistakes in the defensive third on Saturday? Um, for those of you listening to the podcast instead of watching, uh, it was a lot of shoulder shrugs and I don't fucking nose and um, Hail Marys. Uh, just, uh, I don't know. It, it's just um, uncharacteristic. Uh, from I, I, the last two matches, Sam has made uh, a mistake in each game that has led to a goal, mm-hmm. which is very uncharacteristic for Sam. He's usually rock solid wherever he plays. Um, and then Kalen, uh, I didn't appreciate your text uh, Saturday. Yeah, yours. I'm, I'm pointing at you or talking to you. Um, one, I was already f- fucking furious. And then two, <laughs> you had been talking crap about Kalen, but not mentally. It was his speed and physical ability and so it, those that play and the plays that you were bashing them on before aren't the same thing so i don't you can't rope those in together and and say kalen sucks sure i'm not uh, saying he no. sucks no. kalen has been making mistakes he's been slow he's been slow slow to react he's made some poor decisions we've seen him make poor passes like it all ties that, in he did that last year too though and you weren't you, nobody said anything last year he made several mistakes last year, several of which led to goals directly, and nobody was was calling for his head then. So, uh, so w- would this be a bad time to bring up Tembakis on this base? What about Tembakis? What What did you want him to do? <laughs> he was hung out to dry three times. Yeah. And just because he had made all those saves in the first part of the half where he'd been hanging out, hung out to dry, doesn't mean that that was going to continue. 
Hold on, I'm still trying to load. Carry on. <laughs> Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely what happened. I mean, Alex got completely hung out the dry. I mean, you look at the first goal that happened, and, you know, you got Kalen and Alexi rotating over to the right because uh, Rosh had pushed way up the pitch, didn't get back, and left the left, and Roro was able to get the cross in. Or not Roro, I apologize. Um, and, and so they were able to get the cross in when there's really, I mean, it was a perfect cross. You know, um, we just, we lacked the, the correct coverage there. Then you look at the second goal. Um, <clears throat> sorry, this one here, I'm making sure. This was, a, again, a turnover in our own half. Who turned it over for that second one? Um, I never got a good look. Is it uh, Sam again? No, I think it, 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 the, it looks like the header comes off of uh, Rosh. So Rosh comes like up, gets a header, and then all three defenders converge. In the center of the pitch, leaving the, leaving um, sorry, I'm trying to forget. Uh, Murphy w- wide open on the left, so that was that's on all three of them, you know. Um, and then the, the third one, obviously, Kalen made the, the horrendous back pass. I don't even know what Kalen was thinking at that point. Um, but yeah, I, it's just we're we're missing rotations. Guys aren't making the right reads. We're, I mean, the second, like the second goal, all three defenders collapse on the same person leaving Murphy just wide open. Like, I just, I don't, I don't know what's going on with that. Um, so, but to Earl's point, like, I don't know. I'm not sure what Earl's, what more Earl could have wanted out of Alex in these situations. Like at, on the second goal, Alex came out, tried to break, tried to break down the angle, did a, I thought a fantastic job. Um, Murphy just put in a really good shot. The, the third goal Kate, I mean, Kalen absolutely screwed over Alex there. And, you know, for, for the, for the, I mean, the first one, obviously, you know, cross to the back post, Kalen, uh, Alex is going to cover that near post and try to prevent the shot there. So, I mean, you know, you can't really, in my opinion, you can't fault Alex for, for these goals. I mean, Earl, what are you, what did you see? Or are you still looking I'm still watching. Okay. Uh, so Earl is still, <laughs> Earl is trying to still formulate his thoughts here. So uh, Jacob, you obviously watched from home on Saturday. I mean, you and I seem to be of the same opinion here that Alex basically just got hung out to dry. Like what is going on at the back? Like, why are we seeing, we've seen Rosh make a couple of mistakes. We've seen Kayla make some mistakes. We're seeing Sam give the ball over. Like, I don't, is it is it a mentality thing at this point? Is it a a lack of leadership? Is it you know what is it that that we're not doing right? I think the lab is having the exact opposite effect that it should have on them. Okay, I think you look at these mistakes; they're not necessarily happening on the road. Um, we're we're we've we played solid on the road all season. I haven't looked, but we probably have one of the best, if not the best, road record. In the league, by pretty close by a mile, I would. I, I would think say. San Antonio is better on the road. Yeah, yeah, San Antonio is just better yeah. in general. Uh, don't quote me, Harry. Um, and and then so they're coming home. They we have four losses on the season, four or five now. I don't know. Four. four, yeah, four, four total. Three of them have been at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, only. Three wins, oh, five, four wins. Sorry, 
Oh, so we do have five. So four of them oh. at home. Yeah. So four losses at home out of five losses total. I don't know how many draws. Lack of points the last month or so. Now, obviously, we've gotten some draws and a, and a win in there, but just not where we should be at home. And I think they're tight. I think that they're thinking about that. I, I don't know how they couldn't be thinking about that, if I'm being honest. I mean, we, we as fans are thinking about it, right? Mm-hmm. Every time we play at home, uh, even if we go up, it's like the the butthole factor is, is a thousand. And so... Three, three, and five at home, by the way. Three, three, and I thought you said 33 and five. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, three, three, and five at home. So it's just not not where we should be um at home and i think every press game or every press conference after the game it's been asked you know what's going on at home uh why is there a problem and uh they all say oh it's just we've just had bad bounces here blah 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 blah. it's it's not there's nothing about actually playing at home that's the problem and i think it is i think i think there's a, a mental mental thing going on there where they're like you know what uh let's go out and get this win. And they put so much pressure on themselves to try to perform since they haven't performed well there this season. And, and it's leading to some tight play and, and brain farts. And, and then you get plays like Sam passing it to the ghost of Christmas past. And then you get Kavon and, and Alex not being on the same page. You get, um, Kavon has hit the, sorry, not Kavon, Raiden, uh, Raiden and, and Tim Bacchus not being on the same page. And then you get, just just these dumb things that i mean if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot we've proven to be a really really tough team to beat uh but at home especially lately we've just given the ball over in bad places and and uh juan pablo guzman's not even on the pitch anymore it's weird it's weird <laughs> okay it's the ghost so it's finally, the ghost of, so I finally ghost got of juan pablo part. guzman oh my gosh <laughs> finally got me? to the part sorry it took so long um I had to watch 78 minutes of, of, of a match again that I didn't want to see. Um, Why didn't you just go to the highlights? You guys are frozen, so I'm assuming. What? We're not Why frozen. Didn't you... Why didn't you just go to the highlights? It's like a three-minute clip. That's too easy. That's too easy. <laughs> so the part that I was upset about with Alex was the fact that he didn't dive on the ball. Wait, he tried. No, no, I take it all back because he couldn't dive on the ball because it was a pass from Kalen, not a header from Kalen. Right. Um, but the way he dove, like he completely missed the ball when he tried to clear it. Okay, okay, okay. That, that's what I was frustrated about. Okay. Well, you got you gotta think. Seth, um, Seth, just just let it go. It's Earl. Uh, he's got a brain injury right now. Just. Just let him be mad at Alex because I don't, I don't know what to say to him at this point. But it's only this one night because I'm not going to have Casey come back on and rip my ass a new one. <laughs> I mean, if you want to fault Alex there, I, you know, I, okay. But I, I don't see it. I don't fault Alex for that. You know, Kalen put the pass in a bad spot. Romeo is going the opposite directions and Alex did everything he could, you know. Like, yeah, do I think it was a bad pass from Caitlin? Absolutely. But I still think that Alex could have did a better job at handling that bad pass instead of diving onto his back and trying to Sorry. 
scissor kick it and clear it out. That's, right, the, only well, thing, that's uh, the only thing you could do, though. You just admitted that. But he didn't have to dive on his back. All right, someone go tag Casey on Facebook. Let's see if we can't get him in here. Um, he couldn't dive head first because he can't touch it with his hand. <laughs> I'm not saying to do that. I'm saying run and kick the ball. Run and clear the ball. He didn't have time. Yeah, he, he didn't have time because where where Kalen put that pass, like Alex wouldn't have had time to run up and try to get Not with Romeo bearing down on it. Like, you see, like, These are all drunk. Alex is already backing. Alex is backpedaling when Kalen passes that ball. But Kalen doesn't pass it to Alex. He passes it back towards the middle of the box. Like, I don't know what Kalen is thinking in that moment. Like, guys, 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 I was worried about this. I was worried about this. These games, they're just too much to handle. You know what we need? We need we need a little bit of this guy. It's brighter. Yep, we sure do. Um, so yeah, just I mean, honestly, like we outshot Miami. I think it was like twenty-two to six on Saturday. Um, and we just we hit the bar a couple times, like three times. Three times. Yeah, we hit the we hit the woodwork three times. Like it was just. Not a good night. And, you know, I think if Romario gets that goal at the end of the first half, I think we're in better shape, you know. Um, but, yeah, it's just – it was just the way it worked out, just just absolutely brutal night. And then, obviously, um, we want to make sure we talk about Justin Portillo. Justin took a tremendous shot uh, on Saturday. He got dragged to the ground, head, head uh, bounced off the off the pitch there. Um, the club had to act using the new, con- new, the new concussion protocols. So brought in a substitute for Justin at that point, um, did not, uh, did not stop United from using the other five substitutes they would have normally had. Um, Justin Portillo obviously was checked out. We don't have an update on him, but after the match Saturday night, Zach said he was responsive. He was, you know, aware of what was going on, but you could visibly see um, from the moment that he went down that something was wrong. Um, and th- Saturday night, this is probably the most critical we've heard either of United's coaches be in regards to the referees. And uh, I mean, watching this live, did you guys feel like the referee handled this appropriately, or do you feel like Zach is justified to be pissed at how how this was handled? All right, so I got the finger point towards me. Um, mostly because I was there live and Jacob wasn't. He was out partying with, with the nomads of of Sport Nowhere. Um, uh, no, I was actually just on my couch, but okay. <laughs> Same thing. There's no one out there in Fort Nowhere. <laughs> Fair. Um, so at first, I did think that the officials handled it quickly and fairly. Um but with the hype of the game just being down there on the pitch, I mean, you don't see that end very clearly anyways. I mean, you'd have to, like, be focused on what's going on. And when the ball goes this way and the action is happening over here, I mean, it's easy to miss that time right there. Um, so at first watching it live, yeah, I thought the referees did fine. Um, but when I watched it on the way home, uh, yeah, they – they kind of did take some time. Yeah, I didn't 
I didn't know it was a head injury until you said he was out with concussion. That was the first time that I knew it was a head injury. Um, the The broadcast didn't really have a good angle of his head hitting the ground. Um, I thought it, it looked like his arm had gotten pinned. I, I mean, his arm did get pinned behind him. I thought it was more of a shoulder issue than a, than a head issue. And even when they showed the trainer working on him before he came out to pitch, it looked like to me that they were working on his shoulder, but I was, I had, to be fair, I don't pay full attention uh, during breaks in action like that, especially when watching from home. So um, I had no idea what was going on, or I didn't know the extent of what was going on uh, until well later after, after he had already been subbed off. And so I, I don't, I don't have an opinion on how they handled it because I wasn't thinking it, it being a concussion in the moment. Looking yeah. back, looking back, the fact that it wasn't play wasn't stopped right away. Uh, if it was a head injury, is is crazy. I mean they they're usually pretty good about. We see them injuries. stop it a lot yeah. quicker. Yeah, and then uh, I don't think they stopped it until a dead ball uh, for this one. I don't, I don't think they blew a whistle or until it was after the threat was over and, and we got possession, then they blew the whistle. But um, either way is, is just a, um, a lot longer than, than you usually see when there's a head injury. And, and that, especially with one as severe as, I mean, you never see uh, very rarely anyways, do you see that concussion role used? So for it to be bad enough for that actually to be the case, I mean, it, it, you know, it was pretty bad and, and so for it to take that long on such a serious case, it's not a great look. Yeah, I, I we were talking up in the press box when, when David Carl told us that that was the, was the protocol they were following. I made the comment and said that was the, that's the first time that I know of that rule being uh, used this year. It definitely hasn't happened in any United match before. And I couldn't think of a single USL match this year where it has happened. Now, it's entirely possible that it has um, but yeah, watching how that happened, I can see where you're coming from, where you, where you thought it wasn't as, as serious because of how, you know, look, it was just the arm dragged down or whatever. But yeah, I, if you go back and watch that segment of play there, there's a camera angle from over the benches that looks down and you can see him get dragged down. You can see him hit the ground and then he just like, and he just lays there and the referee is not that far away. Um, and you can you see Justin try to get up and then just immediately just like crumple back down, you know, and so the referees just kind of standing there. It if you watch the timer from the time that they stop play or from the time that he goes down, it's like the it's like two seconds after whatever minute it is. Um, it takes them twenty seconds before the referee starts to signal the 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 trainers to come on, but by that point the trainers are already on the pitch almost you know to Justin. And you see, like, and even like, if you can, like you said, you know, a lot of people may not realize it, but you know, you see Kalen in the back behind him. I don't think Kalen realized what was going on. You know, kind of just kind of walking around. But yeah, once is, but once Justin tried to get up and went back down, that should have been an immediate, if not prior to that, it should have been an immediate stoppage of play to get him checked out. Um, and then you know, I was amazed that they left the cameras on Justin and on that situation while they were doing that. Um, while they were testing, because you can even see, like, when the trainer do, when the trainers do get him up to walk him up off the field, he is not fully 
cognizant of what's going on. Like you can see his, how shaky his legs are and how just unstable he is. So just the way that that was handled from the, from the referee and the delay in getting out there and then the delay to get the stretcher out there, like it was just completely mishandled. And so like, I, I absolutely get Zach's frustration with, with the referee and it definitely should have been handled a lot sooner. You know, I mean, it's a player safety thing. And you don't, I mean, like I said, I, we've seen plays stopped a lot quicker for seemingly lesser hits than that. You're muted. That was, that was a, a, a turning point in that match. I mean, we, you mentioned it earlier. We, we still kind of dictated that match even after that, but I mean, we were on the brink of, of finding an opener seemed like that whole time with Justin out there, he was just playing so well for us. And then, and then something like that happens and, and you lose that, that key cog in the midfield. And next thing you know, we had a little rough stretch there right after that. And we kind of found form and then they scored late in or in early in stoppage time. And it, it just kind of changed the whole dynamic of the match. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really did. And so, yeah, I mean, Will coming in, Will was fantastic, um, as always. He did a great job, I felt. Um, really kept the attack going. Um, so, yeah, hopefully hopefully Justin is okay. Um, he's able to be back sooner rather than later. And it isn't an actual uh, concussion issue, although, I mean, like I said, the, he did not look good coming off the pitch on Saturday night. So, um <clears throat> Hopefully United, you know, I mean, we've got the players, obviously we have the depth to fill in, but you know, you hate to see anything like that happen. Um, and like you said earlier, Jacob, it's just been a rough week, you know, between the three, no loss there. And then the two, one loss to Sacramento midweek. I mean, again, it was just, you know, that, of course that match was more about uh, Rodrigo Lopez, you know, that he was fantastic for Sacramento. Um, but again, it was mistakes that were made uh, in our own half that, get, that put us in poor positions. I mean, uh, I think it was the second one. Sam just, you know, United's trying to play all the, play the ball out of the back. Um, Sam just gets the ball caught under his feet um, and gives the ball away in a bad position. You know. Yeah. Yeah, it is the second one. He he tries to make a turn and forgets the ball basically, and yeah. And uh, then it's like, I think it's two dribbles, a pass, and then a pass, and then it's in the back of the net. Um, it, it happened real quick after that, and and it just that that was another one that Sam Sam kind of messed up on. But that was another match that I thought you know we played really well. That first goal, I mean, it happened right in front of me and Carlos. Um, it, it was just a a really work really well worked play. Um, and and kind of poor poor marking on that back post but um at the same time with with the pace that that ball came across and and the pace or then and the way that kiki was kiko was able to uh to get to it just kind of surprised everybody including us and we saw the whole thing happen right in front of us um but i mean it it's it's two games in a row that we've depending on which xg you look at uh have won the xg battle 
Um, and, it, and then I think the two games that we won before that, uh, we had lost the XG battle. So uh, it just kind of goes to show that XG is freaking pointless. Except for, like, I watched those two games, Sacramento and Miami, and go, man, it felt like we were the better team and just didn't get the breaks. And then you look at the XG and it's like, oh, yeah, we we probably should have scored more than the other team, both matches, and just didn't uh, for whatever reason. But it, it at this point, that's it's the one of the, like, had, had we done this podcast Saturday night, oh, oh, the fireworks that we would have had. Yeah. Um, I'm still upset about it, obviously, but I've also calmed down a lot and, uh, and kind of just feel like, okay, we got to move on. We just, we just got to move on to Los Dos on Sunday. And I, I'm talking about these ones while necessary, I suppose, uh, isn't like, I've, I've almost put up a mental block to protect my emotions, uh, to, even though I can, I can remember each play that mattered for the most part. It just, it sucks. Yeah, it's been tough, and we've been talking about Sam a lot. And, you know, Sam, he's played really well all year long. You know, yes, he's had some giveaways here and there, but none of them have been can, as can, poor. Can we blame you, Seth? No. Can I? Can I tell you why I want to blame you, though? Sure. Um. I believe it was halftime of the Sacramento match uh, mm. text quote from uh, Sethi Pooh here. Where the hell is it? Sam was my man of the match at that point. Yeah. I wanted to quote it. I wanted it quoted verbatim. Uh, Sam MLTM. Seth, can you get me a clapper or two? Nope. Nope. Not yet. Uh, <laughs> Fucked up my shoulder pretty bad. Nope, not yet. Um, you're dead to me. Nope, that was Earl too. <laughs> um, um, oh, fuck Yaffle. Um, nope, that uh, Sam still MOTM. Um, getting closer, guys. I'm getting closer. <laughs> I'm glad you were so prepared for tonight. There we go. There we go. No, that was it was a bit. It was okay. a bit, Seth. You got to <laughs> roll with it, okay? Uh, Seth, at 7.56 p.m. on Wednesday, Sam is the M-O-T-M so far. Uh, Earl Preston for me, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then ever since that point, Sam sucked. Yeah. <laughs> for both matches. Yeah, it I don't, was, I don't know what happened. Man of the match to leading to two goals that basically cost us two matches. Sam, uh, yeah, I don't know. Clearly, clearly the Seth Pitt curse. <laughs> clearly. I mean, Sam, I don't know. That first half against Sacramento, Sam had played really well. And then, I mean, you could you could say that he's responsible for both the goals in the Sacramento match. He's responsible for you know one of the goals uh, for Saturday night, too. Because if you look at the first goal from Sacramento, Sam was tracking back. And then there was like a there was like a cluster. No, like that was Sam. Sam broke off. It was Josh miscommunication and, by Josh and him. It, it wasn't all on Sam. Well, no, I'm saying, I'm saying Josh, you could. Yeah, you Josh could. clearly comes to run back, and then for whatever reason, stops short of the back line. Yeah. And Sam yes. Sam, Sam goes breaks oh, okay. Off. Josh, Josh is coming back. Off. Rosh doesn't cover. Yeah, it's. And so, I because mean, because that is that was Sugg's position in the back four was yeah. that back post and 
he ends up chasing the ball. Uh, player dribbles to the middle of the pitch. He chases him. Sam does a good job to read that initially and follow Kiko on his mm-hmm. diagonal run. Um, does a really good job there. And then uh, once that initial action was over and the ball recycles to the other side, everybody on that side kind of relaxed and said, okay, we're good and didn't make the right switches. And so I could see it being on Sam, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to split it pretty 50, 50 on him and Suggs. Cause yeah. there was plenty of time for Suggs to get back in his position that he should be in. And he stopped short for some reason. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. Uh, there's plenty of blame to go around there, but yeah, it's just been a tough week after, after the Sunday afternoon, win, come back home, they'll lose two straight matches at home. And now we're well, back and even- on the road. Even that Sunday afternoon win, if we, I mean, we were more angry about that win yeah. than I think I've ever been about a win before. So <laughs> you, you could go back even farther than these two and be like, eh, oh, yeah, wrong. yeah, no, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you said it something a minute ago, that's something we've said a lot this year. It's that we feel, we feel like we've played better than other clubs time and time again, but we're not picking up the goals. We're not picking up the points or we're dropping points at home. And, you know, it's, it's an aggravating situation to be in. Um, and for the club to be playing as poorly as they have been at home, like it's really kind of frustrating. And so I think there's going to be an official petition here soon to have the rest of the season played on the road. Yeah. And yet <laughs> through all of that, we are somehow still set to host a playoff game. Uh, yeah. As of right now, we are. That's the results, awkward. the results this weekend fell very kindly to us. Uh, with a bunch of draws and a couple teams losing and and allowed us to stay in that four spot and stay only three game three points behind Colorado, I think, mm-hmm. um, for third place. Uh, Sacramento and, and Sacramento and San Antonio, obviously. Uh, I mean, San Antonio lost three nil to San Diego, which uh, I was happy to see. Sorry, uh, Harry, uh, but um, I, I was also upset to see because we we theoretically can still catch San Diego. I don't know if we can catch San Antonio, but yeah, I mean, in theory, but they'd have to, have yeah, they'd a, have to like a, shit the bed. Yeah. 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 Only two clubs at the Western conference picked up wins this weekend. Uh, San Diego Loyola and Monterey Bay who, uh, shut out El Paso because there's nothing wrong in El Paso, right? <laughs> there's nothing wrong in El Paso. And you know, it's not just Earl, a- get it on it. Damn it. So for those of you listening on, on podcast, whichever podcast service you may be listening to, um, Earl is the one that's not tweaking out right now. <laughs> I hate and, Earl being the professional one. This is bullshit. And Seth and Jacob are both having seizures on air. You know and what? It's a, the, the, it's a little worrisome. Right now, the big difference between us and San Diego is that we're not just a podcast. Me and Earl are both very <laughs> confused right now. Feel like this needs to be cleared up after the show. <laughs> no, you don't. You oh, you, you don't remember the drama last week where Hutch called a uh, series of local just a podcast. Oh. Well, you yeah. said San Diego. No, I said uh, that's San Diego. I thought I said El yeah. Paso. You, no, you oh. said San Diego. That's why I was confused. Oh, my apologies. Like, yeah, uh, you know, unlike El Paso, yeah. we're not just a podcast. Um, so yeah, a lot, a lot of positive things happen around the Western conference for us over the weekend. So we are still very much in the thick of things. Um, but that takes us into next weekend where we take on Los Dos who are trying to kick orange County out of their stadium or supposedly not anymore. 
Um, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if you guys been following that or not, but that's been an interesting uh, thing because apparently some Los Dos people say that, oh, it, we never had any attention bullshit. I think Los Dos got called out on their nonsense and they tried to backtrack it as fast as humanly possible. So, uh, Orange County, I hope you keep your stadium. Cal United Strikers, hope you keep your stadium. Uh, because LA Galaxy can afford to build one for their prospects. But either way, we play at Los Dos this weekend uh, in LA uh, at, well, Dignity Health Sports Park, wherever that is. So um, Los Dos, they are in a, a mystery wrapped in an enigma. They are, they have one fewer win than us. They're still, they have 11 losses and they sit, seven points back just below the playoff line. I know some people have LA galaxy making the playoffs this year, but who knows what's going to happen with, with LA galaxy. I mean, they're up, they're down. I mean, a few weeks ago, they beat San Diego loyal by a final five nil. So I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know what to make of this most those side. I mean, Jacob, what are your thoughts heading into heading into this match? Um, have you ever been driving down the road and then you see a jackrabbit in the middle of the road and the jackrabbit looks at you like, what the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it, it like tries to run away, but doesn't know what to do. Cause it doesn't know what the fuck a car is. Cause it's a jackrabbit. Uh, I feel like that jackrabbit right now with this match. Okay. I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the fuck to do with it. I, um, I, I could, I could see us winning 4-0. I could see us losing 4-0. I could see it being a 1-1 draw. I could see it being a 0-0 draw. Um, I could see it being 4-4. Uh, I just, I don't know. The LA, it, Los Dos is a team that you're never going to figure out. They just, they, with with the Galaxy affiliation and uh, it just being a two-team and just the turnover that's there all the time, match-to-match, uh, minute to minute is just who knows. I, I just don't understand. Uh, there's a drop called feeding the ducks uh, on this board that I really want to click <laughs> and have this whole time, but I have not. Um, and that's how I feel about this match. I don't know. What to, I don't know why I just said that, but I did because I don't yeah. know what to do. Yeah. Looking back at some of their results. I mean, recently they lost to Loudon two nil drew with San Antonio <laughs> lost to orange County lost to Colorado Springs. This they, is uh, beating the Ducks. So <laughs> I had they, they, they blanked San Diego. They beat Oakland, beat Miami, lost to Sacramento. Like they're just so all over the place. I mean, they lost to Memphis 901, 5-0. They beat Loose City 4-3. They, they lost to El Paso 4-0. Like, so... So the next time that Jacob puts on 70s porn music, he can at least buy dinner first. <laughs> I didn't touch you. And with that, listen. Did you know <laughs> that a rotator cuff tear is the most common shoulder disorder that requires surgical management? Uh, yeah, that seems like it makes sense. It's probably more common among professional athletes and not someone working on their truck. It wasn't even a truck. It was a car. (laughs) That's probably what saved your life. Yeah. 
Like I, I'm perfectly, perfectly honest right there. Not even fucking around. Yeah. It, either way, either way, carry on. Um, I mean, Earl. What? Obviously, we know that you've been. What does what does United have to do to come away with three points? <laughs> Uh, Earl, you've been turning a page in your professional journalistic journalistic career here. Have you done any sort of preparation for for Los Dos this weekend? No. Okay. Um, In that case, Earl, (laughs) what does United have to do? Oh, Oh, shit. (laughs) So the question is... Do I hit you with it or not? What else are you going to do, Earl? So my legit answer is actually control the midfield. You fucking crushed his soul. His soul is gone. <laughs> Where is Earl? Where did this, What did the aliens do with Earl? I'm so concerned right now. I did not realize that your, your soul was in your rotator cuff. <laughs> I, I think that's an astute point i mean you know la galaxy no don't, do... don't tell us. Oh, it was but don't tell him that um oh shit but also they need to score well yeah obviously we do need to score that's not something that we're really known for at the moment so um oh. Yeah, it, I mean, it's really hard to pick out um, someone from LA Galaxy that's going to stand out for them outside of Preston Judd. But like, like you mentioned, Jacob, because of the turnover that they have and you know the roster moves and things like that. Um, but yeah, no, I think Earl's absolutely right. You control the midfield. And that's something that we've kind of failed at a little bit here the past couple of matches. Um, you see the mistakes from... I, I disagree. We've controlled it for 75, 80, 90 minutes. We've had three to five fuck ups. That's that's been the turnovers are what we need to control. It's we've controlled the midfield fairly easily the last all season really. I think our midfield's been fantastic. Uh aside from three or four passes to Juan Pablo Guzman's ghost. Uh <laughs> and then then they're off to the races. Well, how about we let, how about we give Earl a chance to clarify here? Earl, you know, Jacob seems to think that the midfield has been pretty controlled so so far this season. From your perspective, is it something that we need to be better at defensively, or is it something that we need to be better controlling and creating going forward? Uh, it could be both. Um, so defensively, obviously making <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what I was hoping for. <laughs> um. So obviously defensively making more smarter passes and actually transitioning back to where it's not one-on-one or one versus the goalkeeper or two versus the goalkeeper. Um, So just having a quicker transition back in order to help the back line, um, that's the defensive aspect of it. And then the attacking aspect is finding the open person. I mean, now with Kavan coming in, he's going to find open spots. With Mondo coming in, he had a couple open spots on Saturday night, um, especially later in the match when he came on. He was he was actually calling out Captain Jack Sparrow's cousin's uh, twin sister who didn't make it. It's Captain um, Jack Ass Sparrow. Jack Ass. 
That's you, Jackass. <laughs> yeah, fair. Captain Jackass's uh, best friend over there. He, um, Mondo was calling him out all night. Every time that Mondo would shoot on him, he would, Mondo would point right at him, tell him, I'm coming for you. Um, so if we can find from the midfield the open. I'm, I'm glad that Mondo is directing that towards an opposing player this week instead of a, uh, a teammate. Anyways. <laughs> did, did you not watch Wednesday's match? I did watch it, but I don't remember it. I'm not going to lie. Mondo got into it uh, with, with Swahi. Uh, Swahi, yeah. Oh, I Big remember time. that part. Yeah. Big okay. time. And then he got into it again with him after the match. It was very entertaining. Um, Especially because the height yeah, so... It was kind of like a dad and a kid. And the kid was like... <laughs> and the dad was like... <laughs> So, yeah, so if we can find the open attacker from the midfield and just have and create that two on one right away, um, that'd be the prime option for the for the attacking midfield. Well, there you go, Jacob. Can you beat that uh, that prognostication from Earl about what needs to be done on sun- Saturday, Sunday, whenever? <clears throat> Someone's it's Sunday. It's Sunday. Sunday. Yeah. That's what I keep thinking. Uh, I know the club said Saturday, but I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's on Sunday. And I can, actually. Um, we need to score more goals. <laughs> <laughs> Not, we don't, we don't, I mean, we technically need to score more goals than Los Dos, but uh, we need to score goals, period. Uh, we, we cannot have, um, who, so, so Weehan leads the club all time in goals, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. Dev, I believe, is second. Kavan is third. Then we have Nico, who's like top five all time in the USL. We have Romario, who has scored fifty plus goals in his career. Um, mm. We we have Amando, who Amando and Weehan both creating, and and we just we have way too much fucking attacking talent to not put up two or three goals. Um, Every match, not just this one. And so, yeah, exactly, Steph, Steve, uh, Henry. Well, I don't like that your name is Steven on here. Uh, exactly, Henry. We need to do better at everything. Um, it, it's, it's, uh, but yeah, it, we just, if, if we can limit turnovers and get a couple on the board, it, it it's going to be smooth sailing, which sounds simple and sounds obvious, but it is something that we have yet to do. Uh, most of this season. And so to, to quote Earl, we just need to score more than them. Yeah. For me, it's the biggest issue right now is cleaning up the play at the back because it has not been great over the past uh, week or more. Um, Because we we're seeing a lot of mental mistakes, a lot of, at times we're we're out of position. Times we're we're, put, we're pressing too far forward. We're not getting back in back in defense. And then, but the but the goals the last two matches that we've been caught out of position. It's because of a bad turnover, right? And, and so by the midfield, usually <laughs> aside from Kalen's Kalen's group, right? But it, it was it's still we. Should, we still have to be better defensively, like playing out of the back, you know, because the turnovers that we've seen by Sam, they were in the defensive third or, you know, uh, trying to play out. And so we've got to get out of the, we've got to get out of those areas and stop making mistakes. It doesn't matter who it is. And then 
we have to just be better defensively. We have to make better defensive reads. We have to make our shifts better, our rotations better, so that we've got the coverage that we need, and we have we need better communication. So it all falls in, into the defensive play, no matter who it is, whether it's you know Sam or Josh dropping deep, whether it's you know Kalen, Alexi, you know Rosh, whoever making those those rotations across or making the shifts in order to to keep the coverage solid because um, we've seen much better play from other clubs and how well they're holding their line and moving together or shifting side to side. Um, so if we can clean up that aspect of it, then I think we're going to be in a much better position to pick up points Sunday against Los Dos than we have the past couple nights. It's a, it's a lot easier. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you. I do feel like it's a lot easier to keep that line and be a brick wall back there when the other team has possession constantly and is trying to build from the back. Whereas when we're trying to build from the back and we turn the ball over in the back, um, it, it's not as uh, keeping that, that wall back there and that back four or back three, whatever we happen to be playing at the time uh, isn't as simple as, you know, what Sacramento did to us where they just put five back there and then that was it. Uh, so, yes, the back line needs to do better and the midfield needs to do better. We need to stop these two turnovers. But um, comparing our defense to the teams that we've been playing's defense doesn't quite seem fair to me. I mean, I get that. I'm just saying in terms of the the execution of what they want to do and in terms of what we want to do, it, it seemed far crisper, far cleaner. And, you know, they've been able to contain us a little bit more than what we've done for, for opponents. Um and yet again, we've made mistakes in the defensive third. We've had turnovers and things like that. And that's going to throw things for for a loop, you know. Um, but you know, going back to the Sacramento match, again, you see all three central all three center backs converge on one player. Like that's a giant mistake and should never happen, you know. Um, so like if we can eliminate things like that, then it's gonna put us in a better position, I think. All right, it uh, is getting a little bit late here, so let's go ahead and let's go around the table. We'll get our scoreline predictions for Sunday at Los Dos. Earl, we're going to start with you. Three one. Who? United. Okay. Because uh, I, I was having a conversation with Adam Deal in the box the other night, and he said uh, before the prior to the match that he was calling three nil. Of course, he got the three nil right, just the wrong way. So that's why I ask. <laughs> Jacob, right, go ahead, Seb. Me? All right. You always go last. Um, this is this is a tough one because, as we mentioned, low dose is very Jekyll and Hyde. You don't know what what's going to happen with them on any given night. Um, they are a club that can score a lot of goals. They've seen them do it multiple times. Um, they do concede a lot of goals as well. So, um, two, two. So you mentioned, uh, Jekyll and Hyde. I feel like that's us. Uh, I think we're, I feel like we're Dr. Jekyll on the road and, and Mr. Hyde at home. And so, um, since this one's on the road, I feel a, a Dr. Jekyll performance, and I feel 2-0. Um, I think we we limit mistakes. Uh, we limit turnovers in bad spots. And um, whether... Uh, <clears throat> sorry. It's Brighter! 
whether he plays or not, I, I feel like the energy around his signing uh, can rub off on some of the players and, and we can get uh, in the back of the net a couple times. Um, I, I, I hesitate slightly cause I don't, I would like to know about Portillo. Um, I feel like if, if he's going to play, I feel much better about this prediction. Um, if he doesn't play, I still feel solid about it, but, um, yeah, I, th- I think we can we can get three points, a much needed three points, and and kind of get back on track until we come home again. So you talked about the energy from from the Kevon signing, and this does bring up one more point I do want to get to real quick. Los Dos plays in a closed door setting. They've only been open twice this year, I believe, and average about three hundred and fifty people in the stands. Does that play into the outcome of this match, or do you think United can can can, can draw from within and not necessarily the crowd? Nah, I mean, how many how many stadiums draw anywhere near what we do that we've played at? I mean, well, well near us, not very many, but and yeah. but still, this is probably gonna be the the emptiest stadium we've played in since twenty twenty. Well, I mean, if you're playing in front of a thousand versus three hundred fifty, if it's open. Uh, is that, I mean, is that thousand really that much louder, uh, depending on who that thousand is for. So I, I think we'll be just fine. I don't, depends I don't, on how many are United fans. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, I don't think it's going to matter. And I, 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 I think playing on the road, whether it's in front of 8,000 in Sacramento or 500 in, in Los Dos, I don't think it matters. Earl, do you think there's a, a an energy component from the lack of fans on sa- on Sunday? Uh, sorry, I took my earbud out for a couple <laughs> seconds. What did you ask me? I said, do you think there's a there's an energy component from the lack of fans on Sunday at Los Dos? No, I think we do better without the fans. I mean, obviously, we play great on the road where no one draws eleven thousand fans or 9,000 fans on a Wednesday night. Um, so I actually like the idea of playing on the road because we seem to do better in front of less fans. Um, would I be happy if we were to do that good in front of our fans? Yeah, but I will take less fans if it means a win. All right. There you have it, folks. Uh, that's going to just about good for us here this evening. You've got our score predictions for next weekend at Los Dos. Uh, and of course, we do want to leave you with one final thought. It's brighter! There we go. Jacob, get us out of here. Tuesday, 9 o'clock, celebrating three points against Los Dos. Until then, somos lindos. I'm I'm just kidding. I'm not done yet. Thank you guys so much for, for tuning in and catching us on the live stream. Um, and those that download and listen, uh, please rate and review uh, on on the podcast listener of your choice or podcast player of your choice is what I was looking for there. And uh, yeah, just come back, hang out, uh, come in the chat. Uh, thanks. Thanks, uh, Henry and, and Harry. Uh, Harry disappeared awfully early tonight, but um, I know it's later where he lives. So no problem. He'll catch us tomorrow. I know he'll catch up because he's a he's he's kind of crazy and follows, not follows, but listens and and takes in all of the USL media, no matter how big or small, whether it's just a podcast or more. 
Uh, I threw that in for you, just for you, Seth, just for you. Um, so until next week, Somos Minos, guys. You've been listening to Somos Mas, your source for the latest news and notes on New Mexico United, the USL, and the New Mexico Runners. All of our shows are recorded live on Tuesday nights and are streamed on our YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter pages. An audio-only version of the show goes live later in the week on all major podcast platforms. Our show is written and produced by Seth Bidoff, Jacob Terrell, and Earl Nieto, and is edited by Seth. All episodes are recorded and edited using StreamYard and Audacity.